So before I went to sleep, whatever Bible verses I was deciding to learn that I was learning because I had to learn it all. I was like the little nurse of babies, man. I, I, man, I was grabbing hold. Of, I, was, I was getting everything out of that I could get. And so I would go to sleep, and the last thing I'd do is lay there praying. I'd look at my Bible. I'd quote the verses that I was wanting to learn. I'd turn the light off. If I woke up, if I woke up in the night and I couldn't go back to sleep, I'd turn the light on. I'd roll over and pick up my Bible. I didn't pick up my iPhone and go... I didn't do that. I picked up my Bible and I read Bible verses. What was I doing? I was treasuring God's Word. I was meditating in God's Word. I was learning God's Word. And what was that doing according to the Word of God? My love for God was starting to mature. How many know that God and His Word are one? And so when I was reading His Word, I was waking up and God was talking to me in the middle of the night. When I got the morning time, when I would get up, matter of fact, I still do this every day. My wife plays beside me every night. I, do you still hear me whisper to Jesus every night? Last thing I say every night, I say, good night, Father. Good night, Jesus. Good night, Holy Ghost. I love you. Get up the morning time. Good morning, Jesus. I love you. And the Word of God right there, and I'm telling you how I've grown and matured in my love because he said, he that keeps and treasures his word said he's maturing. He's growing in the love of and for God. And I got to keep on putting this out there for you. Perfect love, growing love, mature love, cast out fear. Because fear has torment. Now I think that helps you understand why I can go through a heart attack, blood cancer, the things I went through and never feared. Because I had mature love. Amen. I had grown-up love for God because I loved His Word and I treasured His Word. Amen. Is this getting in anybody? Amen. And so anyway, I, I just, you know, I just, there's nothing I can do about smartphones for your life. But I know that for me, about 10 years ago, I was at a missions conference in Visalia, California, and they wasn't even talking about smartphones. I'm just sitting in the, in the congregation there just as a pastor at a missions conference, and all of a sudden I realized I had a news app on my phone that I looked at all the time. I had the Facebook app on my phone I looked at all the time. And I sat there that service. I thought, man, this is stealing. This is stealing my faith from me. And so I took that Fox News app off. I took that Facebook app off my phone. And I've never put it back on because I realized that smartphone was trying to be smarter than me. Amen. And so I took those things off. And so if I want to see something on the news, which isn't news anymore, I'll just post, pull the website thing up and I'll briefly go through the headlines. And most, mostly all I see is the same thing. Just stupid, 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 stupid with a capital S. And so I don't have that thing on distract me anymore. And if I want to do Facebook, which I do a few times a week, I don't have the app on there. I have to go the long way around to get to it, to look at it. Because I found out those things are time stealers. And one thing I do do, I still do what I started doing uh, 40 years ago. I carry three by five cards on them in my, in my pocket with verses on them. I'm treasuring God's word. I love God's word. I do everything I can to keep that word before my eyes and in my heart and in my mouth. Because I want to grow and mature 
in the love and for God, I hate torment. I hate fear. I like to sleep peacefully at the peace of God. I like during the course of the day, no matter what's going on around me, to walk in the peace of God. And he tells me, as I grow and mature in this love, I can. Amen. 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 And so, every time I read the Word of God, I think about the love of God. How much he loved me, what he has for me, and that keeps me in peace. Now, I want you to go to John chapter 14. And this pretty much is we're going to wind it down at. And we're answering the question, how can you grow in the love in and for God? Aren't you glad that here we just don't give you hope, but we show you how to turn your hope into reality? The Lord spoke that to me a few years ago. And I just think about how good that statement is. Preaching gives you hope, but teaching shows you how to turn the hope into reality. I preached some hope right into you at the start of this thing, and now I'm showing you how to turn it into reality where it's working in your life. How many are glad when peace shows up and torment leaves? Amen. Amen. I'll I'll tell you what, I make a statement sometimes. Just because it knocks on the door doesn't mean you have to answer it. I'll tell you what, the fear of the stuff trying to knock on my door, I don't know about you, but nearly every day, man, something tries to knock on my door and get in, and I always answer with faith. I answer with what God says. But John chapter 14, I'm going to be reading verse 15, and then 21 to 24. And I, when I read this passage, I think about Dr. Barclay. He's my pastor now. But in 1980... In September 1980, God hooked me up with my pastor. That was my pastor for years till he moved to heaven in July of 1993. And he's the one that taught me and laid the foundation in me of the word of faith more than anybody else other than the brother Hagen. But my pastor taught this, this passage here a few times. And it's always influenced me. It's always stuck with me. And my prayer today as I teach these words of this verse right here, these verses right here, my prayer is that what I teach to you will do for you what it did for me way back in the early 1980s. And that's, that's been a few years ago now. All my Christian life, every time I read these verses, I can hear my pastor's voice that taught me 40 years ago these verses. I still hear his voice because spiritual things are more real than natural things. And I'm sure there are a lot of you and a lot of times, when you read verses, you probably remember when I taught them to you. You may, may hear my voice even, or you hear them or Pastor Dave or somebody else. And I was, I was thinking a couple days ago about some of the, uh, the, the young Christians I influenced when I, when I was a young pastor that are preaching today and serving God today. And I, I see different, different posts on Facebook or Instagram sometimes and things like that. And I think, wow, I remember when she was a young Christian and got born again and sat in my church taught her the Word of God. Now she's a Bible school graduate. She's out preaching. He's out teaching now. But I still remember things then that I put into them at different times. When I let them speak at my church and do services, they'd speak. And they said things they got from God. And I still see their faces as they talk. And so the thing is, these verses influenced me forever, helped make me the man of God I am today to live how I live. And I really believe all of my heart, if you'll listen to these words I have to say for these verses here, Your life will change this day forever. Amen. And so in John 14, verse 15, If you love me, 
Keep my commandments. See what he said? Jesus said, if. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That means he said, if you love me, do what you see in my word to do if you love me. And then he says in verse 21 to 24, He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. Perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. He that loves me and keeps my commandments, he it is that loves me. Perfect love cast out fear. But you keep my commandments, you show that you love me. Perfect love cast out fear. Would you keep my commandments? You're proving you love me. Perfect love cast out fear. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me, perfect love cast out fear. What are we talking about? Perfect love cast out fear. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. Perfect love cast out fear. I want you to get this. Perfect love cast out fear. Keep my commandments. As you're showing you love me, you'll be loved my Father. And I will love him. Perfect love cast out fear. And will manifest myself to him. And so he's saying, he's saying that when you keep his words, you obey his words, you're showing Jesus, I love you. And he says, then I'll be able to show my love to you, my father will. Now I want you to look at verse 24. He that loveth me not, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine. But the fathers which sent me. And so he's saying that if you don't do the word of God, he shows you to do, then you're saying, God, I might have a love of you, but I don't have a love for you because I don't do what you tell me to do. I can still hear my pastor preaching that. As a baby Christian, that really just slapped me upside the spiritual head. I thought, wow. Jesus, you're saying that if a person hears the Bible and they don't do what it says to do, they're saying, God, I don't really love you. Wow, that's pretty strong, isn't it? And you know, I'm thinking about how this works in the natural world. I always like to ask for examples. I proved to my wife this morning I loved her because I kept her sayings, and she doesn't even know it yet, so I will tell her. Most of you know by now we've got a really, really, really beautiful place. A little 10-acre farm. We have a pistachio orchard, got 100 trees. we got a two-and-a-half-acre lake. We have a lot of wildlife. And so when I get in the morning, I don't see what a lot of you see. Dirt, dirt, and more dirt. I've got a great big, great big grassy yard in the front, great big grassy yard in the back, because where I am is grandfathered in to the water supply. And so I've got water to water my grass, so I have a lot of grass. I like grass. i got water to water my orchard because I like the orchard. And, man, you all see those pistachios. I was out there yesterday picking pistachios off those trees and looking at them. Man, it is fat, good fruit, and they tasted good. And in my lake, I have a lot of lake. Some of you guys have seen my fish. I sat on my dock the other night watching the sun go down, look at my fish. i got fish in that lake that big in the desert. And that's not exaggeration. They're that big. I've looked at them. I got fish three foot, four foot, five foot long in that lake. They've been there for years. The guy I bought it with off of never fished the lake. So I got giant fish. And so I love my lake. 
And so anyway, I'm saying that to get to this. My wife is refined. She's been trying to refine me for 38 years. And sometimes she makes a little progress, and sometimes just one step forward, two steps back. Because I come from a heathen family, she comes from a refined family. She's New Englanders, they come from New England, they come over on the Mayflower, and they're really fine people. They've been refined. And so my wife tries to live a refined life for me. And so in my bedroom, where my bedroom is, I've got a really nice refined chair. It's a big fancy chair she bought. You sit in this fancy armchair, and it ought to be in a museum somewhere, but it's nice. And so I got this real fancy chair in my corner there, and I have a little place there where I have my Bible time, my prayer time, and I sit between two windows. I got it right in the corner. So you got these fancy white lace curtain things on both the windows right there. I sit in the corner. I got it as I sit in my corner. I got a window here, and I got a window here. I look out this window. I can see the orchard, all the nuts, and everything out front, and the big grassy front yard. All I have to do is turn six inches that way. I look at the lake. If I look out the lake, I got great big giant trees, I mean giant trees, and I got owls that live this one tree. I sit there, I watch the owls, and I know their voices now. They sound different. One of them goes, hoo, 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 and the other one goes, hoo, 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 and I think about the cowboy days. Sometimes I think, man, the Indians out here. But I watch the owls go, hoo, and now I've got four cranes that are on my lake. And so I look out the window. As I read my Bible, and I see the owls, I see the cranes. I looked out somewhere, I saw a great big blue blue heron bird flying out there. Man, that thing must be five foot tall. Big blue bird, man, got a big old neck that long, walking out there fishing. And I look over, and I see the ducks swimming everywhere. And then I see the fish jump, because those fish jump out there. I love that view. But I said that to say this. I have a refined wife. And... She likes to keep those lace curtains pulled. And she likes to keep that chair aimed towards the middle of the room. And you can't see out the thing with the curtains closed and the chair looking at the middle of the room. So when I go to study my Bible, I spin the chair around by the window. And I move the curtains all around. I get them up out of the way so I can see real good what I'm doing and enjoy the view. And so because that's my study corner and nobody sees my bedroom but us, I see nothing wrong with leaving the curtains up out of the way and the chair pointed where I want to see at. And so for a long time, my wife told me, that's not aesthetically pleasing. I said, well, who cares about aesthetically pleasing? Nobody sees it but me. But I do. It's my room, too. I said, yeah, but that's my corner. Well, that's not aesthetically pleasing. So she walks in, she fixes the curtain, spins the chair back around. So the next time I come in, then I got to spin the chair. And I got to move the curtains because it's my corner. So this morning I was sitting there, and I've kind of started doing this lately more and more. I thought, I want to keep her sayings because I want her to manifest herself to me. He it is that loveth me. I thought, I love her, and so because I love her, I'm going to do her sayings. And so I realized that to prove to my wife I loved her, I didn't do this for that reason, but I realized the spiritual implications. This makes her happy if I do what she wants me to do, not what I want to do. So this morning, as I was getting through my time before I came to church, I looked at my chair, I looked at the curtains, I thought her sayings are, fix the curtains back, spin the chair around. So I fixed the curtains back. I started doing this more and more lately. So I did that, and to my wife, when she goes home today, she goes in the bedroom, she'll see that, and you know what she's going to think? 
He showed me he loves me. I'm going to manifest myself more to him. Is that what Jesus just said? Did Jesus say, he it is that loves me is the one that does what I say to do? And so I'm just, I just want to leave this with you. Think about this. God loves everybody. John 3.16 tells us that. For God so loved the whole world. But then Jesus said, and the disciple asked him, said, but why won't you manifest yourself to the rest of the world? He said, I manifest myself to those that prove they love me. And so we can have the love of God in our hearts enough to get to heaven. We want God to manifest himself more in our lives for healing, prosperity, for peace, for victory. Then we got to grow and mature in love, cause perfect love, grown-up love, mature love, cast out fear, cause fear has torment. Now I want to give you one more verse. Did that, did that last example help anybody to see that? Jesus said you prove you love him by doing what he says. Look at 2 Peter 1, 4. And this is just one more thing. Just something for you to think about. In 1981 or 1982 in Bible school, one of my Bible school teachers made a statement about this verse right here. And I think about this. Second Peter 1 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. How many know that the Bible is exceeding great and precious promises? That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. That means that we can take portions of God's divine nature from his exceeding great and precious promises. And then it says, as we do, we will escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. We'll escape the corruption that's in the world. So as we take God's word, it becomes ingrained in us a part of our life where we act on it. We're growing and maturing in love and we're taking portions of God's divine nature. And so here's what the man said. And wow, I really hope this jumps off at you like it did me way back then. I've never forgot it. How many know that John 1.14 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us? Jesus is the word, but he became flesh, lived in an earth suit. Well, right here, according to this, our flesh is becoming word. He became flesh and we're becoming word. The more we take his word into us, where we eat it, we breathe it, we think it, in other words, we're taking God's divine nature more and more, and God's divine nature is love, joy, peace, healing, health, whatever else you want to think of. The more we walk in the Word of God, we love His Word, we love His precepts, we treasure His Word. The more we put that chair back in the corner, straighten up those curtains, then the more God's going to manifest Himself in our lives. Perfect love cast out fear. Walk in the Word of God, love the Word of God, do the Word of God, grow the Word of God, and you're having perfect love. No matter what you walk through, you'll never be fearful or tormented. Amen. Pastor Dave.
Amen. Amen. That is such a good word. Perfect love does cast out fear. And you know, the more we dig into the word of God, the more we're being perfected and matured in that. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Who's glad they came to church, man? Come on. What an awesome time. Well, I want to remind you guys that we have a family night tonight at six o'clock over in Victory Hall. And that's really a time to minister to the kids. And uh, we do a lesson uh, for them and, and all that. But it's good for the whole family. So six o'clock over there in Victory Hall. We have had an awesome, wonderful time with that each week. So I encourage you. We got, we know we do some little games and stuff, but, but really, uh, we just want to take care of our kids during this season and all that. And also I want to remind you that we do have a bucket back there. Now we're starting to collect candy for our own harvest fest this year. And, and that's kind of taking care of our own kids. As we've said, it's not the big community outreach that it normally is, but we're going to take care of and bless our own uh, high desert word center kids. And I really want to get them a whole bunch of candy. I want to absolutely bless them and let them know that Jesus loves them and so does their church. Amen. All right. Well, who's ready to speak some words of faith over Barstow today as we close this thing out? Amen. So let's speak this together and say it like you mean it. Speak these words in faith. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. We'll see you tonight.